Welcome, everyone, to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now, let's dive in. What is up, you beautiful happy hustlers out there? Kerry Jack here, and I hope you're having a freaking awesome day. Really just enjoying this very moment right here and right now, baby. And in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, we have on Mr. James Shrampko, who is an Australian serial entrepreneur who is also a happy hustler. I mean, he used to be overworked, stressed out, and just spent a lot of his time working nonstop. But now he's a lifestyle entrepreneur who is absolutely crushing it, surfing regularly, and he has built and sold seven-figure businesses. He's actually sold over $15 million worth of his own products and services. But before all that good stuff, he was actually the number one salesperson and GM of Mercedes-Benz in Australia, and he was just working like a dog. But now, after 33 years of business, he's able to uncover four key profit levers that every business has, and he also talks about how you can actually work less and make more. He's mentored some of the most prominent entrepreneurs in the game right now, and he talks to us today all about how you can actually use your time most efficiently and effectively, how you can actually create that leverage. And he talks about his interesting approach to building businesses that not necessarily go with the tide, but go against the tide and how you can stand out in a crowded marketplace. He gives his insights on artificial intelligence and the future of online entrepreneurship and a lot more. This is a doozy of an episode. James is a really good dude. We were introduced from a mutual friend named Mike Hill. Shout out to Mike. And we've just hit it off and I'm going to be on his podcast soon. And he's just a cool dude who's absolutely a happy hustler. And I'm excited to share him with you. So if you get any value from this, please just share this with one person who could benefit. That's how we continue to spread this message with more and more people. And really, that's how we can actually just continue to stay in the top 0.5% globally ranked podcasts out there based on downloads. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now, after a quick episode sponsor break, we're going to be diving into this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. Real quick, guys, I got to share with you a little secret, and that is optimal sleep. If you are not sleeping optimally, you are not going to be able to happy hustle a life that you love. You can listen to podcasts, you can read books, you can, you know, do your best to go to the gym and eat healthy, but if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to be a happy hustler. That's just the damn truth. But Fortunately for you, I have a little secret weapon, and that is magnesium breakthrough. These are seven different forms of magnesium all in one little capsule. And then you can actually optimize your sleep because it legit reduces the cortisol levels and helps with deep relaxation so that you are sleeping optimally. And the best part is they actually stand behind their products at Buy Optimizers. You get a 365-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it for whatever reason, send it back. Check it out at magbreakthrough.com, and you can get up to 33% off today. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com forward slash happy. Now, 
back to this episode. All right, Mr. James Shrampko, welcome to the Happy Hustle Podcast, my brother. I'm super stoked to rock the mic with you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, you have the one of the best podcasting voices with that accent, man. I got to love the Australian accent, you know, and it, it just uh, it, it's uh, therapeutic in a sense. But that's not why you're on the show. You're on the show because you're a happy hustler, man, through and through. You are a serial entrepreneur. You're an investor. You're a mentor to some very prominent people that you and I both are mutually friends with. And we're going to talk today about how to work less and make more and how to really put the happy in your hustle. But before we get into all that good stuff, James, what's something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? I was an actor in a feature film in my early 20s. It was Hmm. called Muriel's Wedding. Hmm. It was a pretty big film. I played an American, so I didn't have that accent in that film and the role required me to go full frontal nude. So of course oh, I said, yes. Hello. <laughs> so you're telling it was like me you're- a, it was a good rating. Film. It wasn't an X rated film or anything. It was, a, I think it was like a G, but uh, it, it was pretty full on. And you know, I was like 23 and I was there filming on set with Rachel Griffith and uh, Sam Neill was there. And uh, Tony Collette, and mm. I didn't know they were going to go on to be super famous as well. But it was it was pretty interesting times. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is definitely sounds like an interesting time. And I mean, I I got one foot in the entertainment industry as well, so I know the game, and it's a, it's an interesting business. You know, I think one of the cool things about that business is it has helped me forge my resilience to rejection because rejection runs rampant in the entertainment industry at any given time, like nine out of 10 actors are not working. So you really learn how to take a no in stride. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to have that quality or else you probably won't succeed. And it's just one of the, one of those things that I look back on as an attribute that helped me forge that when it comes to you and you know, your journey, I like to just kind of kick things off with a bang you know, a lot of people really like that. Oh, what was your backstory? Tell me about your childhood. What was your favorite food growing up? You know, like some of that stuff. I'm not that guy. I like to get right into the juicy stuff. I mean, you've built and sold seven figure businesses. You, you know, you have over $15 million worth of products and services sales under your belt. You know, you, you have a lot of experience when it comes to online businesses and, and you know, really just like crushing it in this world, what do you think is the biggest mistake that you see with online entrepreneurs? Um, They probably delegate their thinking to other people. Mm. So I think it's okay to have support or coach or a voice in your ear, but I reckon it comes down to ultimate responsibility. This is, Mm. if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's, you really have to own it. Even if you pay people to help you here and there, you still have to own it. And if it doesn't go well, it's ultimately because you didn't get the right person or you didn't filter that information. So I, yeah. I would say that's that's something where people just think it's going to be someone else riding in on the 
white horse to save them or to do something for them. It's just not that easy. Mm, that's powerful. I mean, they delegate their thinking. That is, I can, I can mm. even raise my hand as a little bit of, uh, you know, accountability, even you just saying that, you know, where I, I, I think, oh, my CFO or my, my executive assistant, you know, should handle this. But ultimately the buck stops with you at, at the top as an entrepreneur and, I think that's valuable sage wisdom, man. Um, parlaying into your book, you know, like I really love the title. I've actually done a title similar on a podcast um, recently, Work Less and Make More. What what even was the genesis behind writing this book? Uh, well, <clears throat> it wasn't the first book that I tried to write. I tried to write a book before this book. And I paid a, a lady to help me because I realized it wasn't going to come from me. I'm not a writer. And then she disappeared for a long time and kind of ghosted me. And so I sort of put it on the back burner. And then a few years later, I went to uh, our friend Chris Ducker's event in the Philippines and I presented mm. uh, like a, a presentation that was more or less around like three ways to make more profit, three ways to double your business. I think it was something like that. And there was a lady in the audience called Kelly Exeter and she saw the presentation and came up to me and she said, you should do a book. And I said, look, I've tried to do a book before. It didn't work out. She says, no, I will help you with this book. And so we collaborated together. Uh, she, she asked me all sorts of questions. She went through all my stuff. Uh, she'd send me things and I'd then send her long audios back. She got it all transcribed and organized and then we put it into this book. And she actually labeled it. She said, look, I think when I, when I look at all your stuff, you're all about leverage. You're all about working less and making more. And, and that's how the title came about. Mm. I think there are even other books with the same title, which is confusing, uh, which I didn't <laughs> know at the time until we were loading it up to Amazon. But uh, the, the, the core message is leverage, but that's not a very sexy way to describe what, what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah, I mean – I think people get the word leverage though in theory, but when it comes time to actually inputting it practically into your reality, what would you say is like the first step when it comes to leveraging your time more efficiently? You, the first step is you, it's understanding yourself because mm. that will be the multiplier. You'll get this to the extent of how much you understand yourself and can control yourself. Have you ever seen those sort of, crazy owners like they're not healthy or they have bad habits and then it parlays across into their business and then everything just blows up <laughs> you know like the chaotic uh, yep. last minute person or the angry people etc if you don't have yourself under control then it's very hard to to leverage so it's like um good inputs in better outputs out so if you can work on yourself i think that's a magnifier yeah for sure when we when we talk about like really being that first step like owning your your own habits and and really having discipline what has helped you if any forge that discipline routine <laughs> routine mm. helps me uh, yeah i wouldn't say i'm overly disciplined i I was fairly disciplined, but then there's things that I'm not disciplined at at all that mm. the routine saves me. Mm. For example, I do a weekly call with my group of people that I help 
and I've been doing that since 2010. So mm. for 13 years, I've just had that time in my schedule and it just happens every Tuesday. Mm. So having that in my schedule means I don't have to think about it. I don't have to be disciplined. I just have to wait till that day turns up and it's like, oh, here we go. Same like when, when we arrange to speak on a podcast, it goes in the schedule. I don't have to do anything. It just mm. turns up. So I like to create a system where things are coming to me and then I just have to react. Yeah. And that took a lot of load off me having to be disciplined. I think if everything you do has to rely on proactivity, uh, for some people that's not going to work very well. And if you if you are good at reactionary activities, then just stick it in the schedule. If it gets in the schedule, it's going to get done. That's why I don't keep a to-do list. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I do agree with you on that point. Like having it in the schedule, having a routine, it oftentimes gives you more freedom and people think it's the opposite, right? But when you know what you're responsible for and you know when to actually achieve that given task, then you can do so knowing that you have the freedom afterwards or before, right? And it, and it does create um, that space to really just be present. Now, I, I do want to kind of get a little deeper into some of your methodologies because, I mean, you talk about the counterintuitive approach to building a profitable business. What do you mean by counterintuitive? Well, it literally means doing, um, going against the, the grain of what everyone else does. So you could define a lot of the things I do in my business uh, as being the opposite of what most people do. Mm-hmm. Because it, if you go into a particular business space, you're going to you see common things that everybody does. And then when everyone does it, it becomes commoditized and it, and it wears off in its effectiveness. So I yeah. made some pretty conscious choices at, at this point in my business. And that's important point in itself because you're at different stages in business. But when my, when my business became a little more mature, I was able to turn off affiliate marketing. I, I don't have other people promoting my products. I was, mm. I don't have to do launches. I don't need to drive a whole bunch of, uh, paid campaigns across different platforms. I don't mm. need to do lives. Uh, so there's lots of things I just didn't want to do. And so I prune my business around the things that I, I do want. One of the things that I observe with the early generation of gurus is that they do these huge launches. They have everyone promoting for them. They make a big amount of sales, maybe. Uh, less their <laughs> refunds, less all the hype, less the, the wear and tear on their team and the infrastructure that has to come after that. And then they just get exhausted and then they have to do it all again. So I prefer the forever business model. I just have recurring subscriptions as the foundation of my business model. Mm. And just by keeping a customer for seven or eight or nine years, it takes the pressure off having to go find another customer this week. Mm. So now I don't have to be up under people's grills in the DMs pressuring them for a 15-minute strategy call. I don't have a single sales call booked in my schedule. So I'm going down a different path than a lot of people, and I think that is counterintuitive. Yeah. No, I would would also second that. I mean, having a reoccurring component to your business is imperative, especially if you want to have that creative, financial, and time freedom. And I also have the Happy Hustle Club and a reoccurring model to my business, more of a mastermind membership community. I'm curious, you know, there's a, I'm sure a ton of happy hustlers out there thinking, okay, this reoccurring revenue thing sounds phenomenal, James, but like, how do I actually create it? 
what would you say to someone who's maybe like looking to create their first reoccurring product or service offering and, and maybe some uh, pitfalls to avoid in the process? Well, um, you know, without being too cheeky, I'd say go and get my free membership training because <laughs> I, I documented what I what I did after all the time I've done memberships and all the people I've coached. Yeah, uh, I put a, a little train together and I give it away uh, because I'm interested in people using the software. And that's the reason I do it. Just so <laughs> for anyone who's like, what's the catch? Um, but the first step in that training is research. It's you you pull out a spreadsheet. And you start writing down things like, uh, what would your membership rate be? What are the top three or four people in the industry out there? What's their offer? What are they charging? How many clients Mm. would they have? What's the feasibility of this membership? And then I would also uh, think about what kind of person you are in terms of if you're suited to having a membership. A membership is a lot like being a parent. It's hard work in the beginning it's not proven or tested. It doesn't have any great benefit for you straight up. Yeah. And over time it matures and grows up and then it finds itself and then it becomes easier to manage. So it's just like having kids messy and difficult in the beginning. And then they get, and and the reason people put it off is they just keep going for that big launch right now. Cause I just rather have the big payday now. Yeah. And there's, there's a metaphor for this uh, where I live here in, in Noosa in Australia, there's a national park and there is, uh, there's a main beach and then there's the next cove around from the main beach called Little Cove and then there's the next bay called Tea Tree and then the next bay called Granite. And what happens is people start off at the beach and they start walking along the path and they see these good waves and so they just jump in. But if you walk around to the next bay, the waves are a little bit bigger and a little less crowded Mm. And it really takes a lot of discipline for someone to walk all the way around to Granite's, the last bay, because they already have to pass three or four, three places that are actually pretty good and it, they get better and better. And it's like, can you <laughs> hold on and just go that extra, the 25 or 30 minutes and the last part's on gravel and then you climb over slippery boulders, but you'll get into the best wave with the least amount of people in it. Mm. And, and that's my approach here. Yeah. Yeah, I like that analogy. I mean, it's all about delayed gratification, right? And now yes, we live if you can in- wait to monetize, then yeah. it, it's good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because, you know, we live in this like instant, you know, success society where six minute abs are what everyone craves and and you want that dopamine dump from a a social media post or a big launch where you have mass amount of sales and i i get that like the desire there but anyone i know who's built anything substantial who has really cultivated a community and really gives real value and gets compensated in the marketplace according to the value that they deliver they've done so playing the long game and it's not easy, you know, it's not easy to play the long game, but it is effective and it will set you up for sustainable success, quote unquote, you know, whatever that sustainable success means for you. Um, in your career, I know you've, I mean, you've been in the game. How many years you've been in the game? You know, I know it's been a while, but like, how long have you been an entrepreneur for? 
Uh, I quit my job in the middle of 2008 and I've been working on my online business for about two and a half years before that. So it took me two and a half years from scratch to replace my income. Uh, And Mm. I was running a Mercedes-Benz dealership, so I was on a super high income, great job, and I left that because I was able to to, uh, exceed it. And it was actually the first six months um, through our mutual friend, actually, Mike, uh, who introduced us. Mike Hill, absolutely a gem of a person. Legend. Um, I'd been working on a few offers that he was. Uh, he he said, "Look, why don't you promote this or promote that?" And I was doing really well with them, but I learned how fragile uh, the CPA world is in terms of you know, paid traffic getting a big payday and then the offer fades. And it was the January, or it was the January after that in two thousand and nine. I started my recurring subscription membership. Mm. And it's been going to this day, you know, and I've, I've never missed a beat. I've had every single year since I quit my job, I've had a seven figure income with very low stress Mm. because I went for the subscription income. But back to your point about the long game, it's really about knowing yourself. Can you resist the urge to get the ego inflation or that to be the one in the room at the mastermind with the biggest launch? Can you resist that? Put away the flex and play the longer game because ultimately you win. Like for me, success is I just want to surf every day. Yeah. If I can surf every day and have plenty of income coming in, feeding investments, et cetera, my family's happy, then that for me is more important than being up on stage and being adored by the masses. But I Mm. understand for other people it's different. So, you know, everyone's going to have their own uh, needs. Yeah. Well, I think – a lot of the happy hustlers, I think they really resonate with your needs more so than probably the the needs of like having a big ego and needing it to be stroked, you know, because like the people that are real, really interested in putting the happy in their everyday hustle, the people out there listening and watching, they resonate with your style of, of truly lifestyle entrepreneurship and and more so like playing the long game, building the community, having the value, you know, creating something that really does solve a problem. And that, that is, is who I love to help serve and, and really people who I love to help promote like James, like, you know, this is somebody who's been in the game 20 years. He's, he knows a thing or two about lifestyle entrepreneurship and how to put the happy in his hustle. And I know you're at a place now where people might even think, all right, he's got, you know, close to 5 million podcast downloads and 20,000 blog subscribers and close to 4,000 students helped. And you got all these like very awesome, you know, powerful stats around your business, but you didn't always, right? Like this is something he's been doing for 20 years. And sometimes we can get a little discouraged seeing someone like James, I'm curious when you were just starting out building this dream, were you, were you clear on what that perfect day looked like or did it evolve over time? Did you have to maybe, you know, like experience burnout ever and then really kind of reverse engineer what actually is important to you? When I was in the showroom uh, with Mercedes Benz, we were, you know, surrounded by rich people, Hmm. business owners, uh, I went into a lot of their houses all around Sydney. I sold cars to billionaires, movie stars, sports stars, politicians, 
Um, so, and, and we ran events as well. So I certainly got to see how people lived and I mm. can compare that to my unit that I was living in, you know, renting. I went to waterfront mansions, you know, just these mega epic things. It, it was really insane. Mm. And we'd get these brochures with uh, these beautiful cars in it and uh, architecture, this very German style, and glass and timber and and concrete, polished concrete stuff. And I had a very clear desire to have a beautiful house like that. I, I would even buy those hardcover books by architects, like modern designs and stuff when I was in the mm. bookstore. I've got a lot of books, obviously, you can see behind me on the bookshelf. Yeah. And it was only... Well, two years ago, I moved into this house, which is a, a German-inspired, brand-new, you know, polished timber, lots of glass-type house. It took me a long time to achieve that. So yeah. I'm going to say I was looking at that stuff in my 20s. You know, I'm in my 50s now, so it's, it is a long game. And I didn't necessarily know uh, the steps to get there, a lot like Steve Jobs didn't know the steps to what he was going to do with Apple when he was learning about font at university. Yeah. Right? So... Um, there was definitely a phase in terms of burnout the the closest I would have gotten was at the end of my career while I was doing my day job of a general manager and building my online business. So mm. there was way more hustle than happy. Mm. I had a, a family member said, you know, if you keep doing this, you, you'll drop dead. Mm. Uh, and so I was working about 70 hours a week. I was running a, a business that was generating close to $50 million a year in in revenue, mm. had 70 something staff across three physical sites that I was responsible for. Whoa, whoa, apologies for interrupting your programming, but I have to tell you the best investment you can make in yourself is one in which helps you acquire skills. You've probably heard people talk about, oh, just invest in yourself and you'll be successful. Yes, that's true to a degree, but you have to invest in skills that will ultimately help you achieve your desired results. And I think one of the best skills one can possess, be it an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, is the sales sword. Really knowing how to sell, utilizing pressure-free persuasion, which will make you more money and more impact. Now, if you want to know how to sell more efficiently and effectively, I just launched a sales course called The Proven Roadmap Process to Selling Millions of Dollars and Helping You to Increase Your Conversions Guarantee. And you can get access to this new sales course that The Happy Hustle is launching at thehappyhustle.com forward slash sales. And if you act fast, you'll get it at the lowest price it'll ever be available because we are launching it and we want to gain amazing testimonials and social proof to further share this knowledge. So if you act fast, you can get it at the lowest price it'll ever be. That's at thehappyhustle.com forward slash sales. Now let's get back to this episode. to meet targets for an international company and and, uh, and also compete with all the local dealers. So it was a very, very competitive and intense environment alone. Yeah. And on top of that, I was trying to figure out how to build a freaking website and I, <laughs> I knew the online thing. I could, I could sense every fiber of my body saying this online thing is critical 
This I'm yeah. seeing it change the travel industry. I'm seeing people coming in looking for cars that I don't even know that exist because they've seen it on the internet and the manufacturer is not telling us about it. Mm. And I could see what's happening in the United States before Australia. Uh, it you know started to permeate. I remember I asked if we could put our website address on the number plate frames of the cars and the owner of the business said, why would we do that? You know, <laughs> like, because it's important, right? Anyway, uh, as it turns out, my hunch was correct that the internet was important. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to sell, but I did know I could access a global market from the comfort of my own home in board shorts. And that was definitely the dream. And sure, it was a little more hammock and pina colada. A lot of the early gurus were, were going pretty hard on the marketing messaging about mm. freedom, et cetera. But I pedaled really hard for about two and a half years. I would come home, have a shower, get changed, tuck the kids in, um, eat a late dinner and then start work. And I'd work from like 9.30 at night till 2 or 3 in the morning until I fell asleep. I'd start shivering because I'd run out of energy. And then I'd get four hours sleep and wake up and do the whole thing again. And I could see the finish line. And uh, there was a a cascading events towards the end that caused me to, to get there almost straight away and it was like I was kind of frustratingly stuck at about half my salary for my online business Mm. and and I was just making small changes but then I got on a plane and I went to America. I saw our friend Mike speak. I started implementing new traffic techniques. I won a competition uh, that Yannick put on and I got myself into this millionaire mastermind of called Maverick. And I wasn't making a million dollars online, but everyone else was. And uh, I started helping them and learning from them. And then six weeks later, I uh, went back and and uh, quit my job because I was able to go and get a couple of clients to, to come on board. And I basically started a marketing services agency in 2008. Wow. And with just two clients. That doubled my income, just two clients. So I'm a huge believer in the the idea of the 64-4, right? It's like the 80-20 of the 20. Mm. Just very, very small focus on the right thing will get you a massive result. And mm. that has played out for me along the whole way. Don't don't settle for incremental gains. You could have a, a complete shift uh, by just refocusing. I'll, I'll give you an ex- another example of this and then I'll shut up, yeah. I promise. No, you're good. I had, a, I had a client come to me. He was making $30,000 a month and within a month he was making $300,000 a month and it was Whoa. because he had all the right skills to do this particular business model that he could not see. It was right in front of him mm. and because it had already happened to me, I'm always looking for that. I'm saying, well, what are you missing here? What, what can't you see that I can see? And I told him, hey, you know you've got this skill and everyone else sucks at this skill, if you just teach them the skill or even better, do it for them, I think they'll pay you to do it. And he went out to, the, went out to his list and said, I'm, I'll do this thing for you. And they said, please, like how, when can we start? Not even how much. And he just snowballed straight away. So I would be looking for those incremental grains. And that, that's what I help other people do. But I'd say we can definitely do this ourselves. Just, mm. just uh, question everything you're doing and, and um, see of all the things you're doing, what are the one or two things that could really change the game for you? Mm. 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, lots of gold in there and I appreciate your, your story and sharing like a little bit of context from where, you know, you started because it's uh it's a powerful journey. And I think just identifying what is your uniqueness and really like how you can use it to serve others. And you mentioned asking some questions around really identifying that. I do want to stay there for one more beat, like go a little deeper. If someone's mm -hmm. out there thinking, man, James, that sounds great. I'd love to go from 30K a month to 300K a month. How do I actually identify a skill that the market will pay for that valuable that I possess? Is there a framework or a, an assessment, you know, just high level? Obviously, you know, people there can work directly. Yeah, but please, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, one is uh, I actually did a, a podcast episode of uh, something like um, Can You Make $100,000 a Month? And I gave some indicators there of what sort of things a diagnostic might look like. So it's it's critical to go through a checklist. Go through a checklist and and ask questions and then answer them. And I've actually written another book that I haven't published, which, which are the questions as well. <laughs> but that's the process I do at the highest level. When I want to find this stuff, I'm just like a good copywriter. Uh, I will extract what I can from the person because they may not recognize the value. You know that saying, you can't see the label of the jar from inside the jar? Yep. That's, that's a good one. So it would be do some diagnostic questions yeah. uh, and, and write it all down and then get an external viewpoint if possible. It's always good to ask the people who are already buying from you, why do you buy from me? What is it about me that, that uh, caused you to want to do business? Because they'll probably tell you things that you may not be aware of. Mm. They, they tell you, like Ryan Levesque, he said, you know, the thing I like about you the most, you just, you're just the truth teller. You're like, I bring anything to you and you just say exactly what you think and it's really helpful to get a bearing. Because uh, you've heard about Steve Jobs' like reality distortion factor, et cetera, and um, a lot of entrepreneurs get so caught up in their own echo chamber and they surround themselves mm. with other similar entrepreneurs and they, they just get disconnected from from the potential of what could be done because they're so in it. Yeah. So it's always helpful to get an external point of view. Um, but even if it's just getting it out of you onto paper and then leaving it aside for a minute and then coming back to it and then analyzing. So I've just been through this process. I've got about 20 pieces of paper there. Over the last three or four days, I just wrote down, I, I did a big map of my business model and then I did a, a, a sheet of paper for each part of that business model and then I'll refine and, and update it. So this is like the Kaizen principle, you know, never-ending yeah. improvement. And I will take my entire business and pretend it doesn't exist and then rebuild it from scratch on paper and then I'll see at the end of that what have I learned and I'm making changes mm. across all parts of my business. But you can do this yourself. You don't really need anyone else. It's helpful to have someone else if you're not particularly experienced with it or you just want to get the results faster. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I like that you break down your whole business and rebuild it with intentionality because I think a lot of people who are in business or going into business, they almost like take what they can get starting out you know and then you have to fulfill on what you sold which is oftentimes not ideal and then you, next thing you know you wake up five years from now and you're like oh i'm still doing the thing that's not really filling me with joy and then they have to either sell it or fold the business or recreate it in some sense and i just think it's powerful to have 
that assessment to really figure out what you're best at and then how you can exploit that in the service of other people to really help them. Um, you, you know, you've said a lot of really powerful things. One thing that we haven't talked about that I'm curious to get your perspective on, James, is the future of online business and especially integrating AI and some of this newer technology. What's your take on, you know, the next 18 months of online business and entrepreneurship and, and how it unfolds, you know, implementing AI? Yeah, I do. I do feel AI is another one of those things that's feeling a lot like the internet was when mm -hmm. I first did that that leap. I'm most definitely positioning around this. Uh, I think it will encourage people to be lazy and take shortcuts and to actually not think. Uh, it's like um, people are getting bigger TVs for cheaper and education's costing more. I think if you just lean on the tools too much, you'll get garbage back and you won't even know that it's garbage. Mm -hmm. There'll still be a role for people like me and you who have the ability of experience. You know, I've, I've been through recessions. I've got battle scars from business. I've seen every possible scenario and the robot is not quite there yet. So I'm mm -hmm. using tools to augment. Uh, I use them to help the team. Uh, we get suggestions and I feel like it's going to permeate across. And I do feel like there's most definitely this is a tectonic shift and there will be volcanoes and earthquakes that we can't possibly predict. Mm. Entire industries are going to be uh, basically tipped over. Yeah. So I think it's very important to pay attention to what's going on. My action plan is simple. I'm on uh, half a dozen newsletters from AI geeks and specialists and so I just keep an eye on what comes through my inbox. I, uh, I see the change. So, for example, recently I, I found out about ChatGPT4 uh, being able to bring in inputs from, from data, like the code interpreter. And so I've been loading up spreadsheets and, and um, playing around with that and seeing how handy it might be to help fast-track processes that are manual. So I use it as a tool to augment what I'm doing. But it's, again, the quality of the import is important. If yeah. you give it dumb instructions, you, the yeah. answer is not going to be great. But yeah. it will definitely change things. I, I also think what, what will it mean more than ever? I think the value of taking 15 people into the woods uh, will be far more important in a year from now than it, than it was last year because yeah. people will crave human, organic, real and each week when I'm on a, a group call with my, the people that I'm helping, uh, I can't help but think there's no way they're going to just tap an icon on their phone and ask their question there. That just, it's missing so much. It's yeah. missing the human connection. Mm. And the more people homogenize this and, and um, like I'm seeing a lot of deep fake videos now, these social influencers making deep fake videos of themselves with script you know ai scripts with ai voice with ai images it's it's really just rubbish yeah and we're going to really crave genuine authentic human connection yeah and i'm seeing this people want to they want to go and meet people i've got a the guy that actually bought my business he was a, he was a student of mine uh, he was sitting in a a conference room in dubai i spoke from stage he purchased my program i coached him from scratch he got a successful agency up. He ended up buying almost all of my SEO supply to the point where I sold him the company. 
and now <laughs> he's doing massive things with his company. Just won the best SEO agency in the world uh, in Paris, and he's uh, I think he's doing deals at the moment. He's flying out and he's coming up here on Friday to catch up. But that you know he'll go out of his way from Dubai after just visiting Paris. And he's visiting Sydney or Melbourne, I think, and he's he's just flying up to Noosa for one day to say hi. That's not going away. That's very yeah. important. And it'll be more special. Yeah. No, you, amen to all that, man. Like the human connection, I do agree. It will always have a place. And if you can position yourself, yes, to leverage, going back, you know, full circle to our, our initial points on how to work less and make more, if you can leverage AI, to do some of the tasks and to create prompts and, and baseline, you know, data entry and some of these, these things that need to get accomplished. I think it's a great component to have in your business, but ultimately the human to human connection, the empathy, the EQ, emotional intelligence that's required at a high level to produce results for people. I don't think that's going anywhere. And especially having experience like you and, and really making sure that, you know, you're using it like AI just doesn't have that yet. And I don't know if it ever will. So it, it, it was cool to get your take. And I, I do fully agree. Um, James, this has been phenomenal, man. And I'm sure some of the happy hustlers are like, all right, this guy, he knows his stuff. And, you know, I, I want to go deeper. First of all, where can people go to just learn more about you and maybe pick up a copy of your book or even potentially work with you? Yeah, well, uh, jamesshramko.com is a good starting point. It's got the podcasts and there's a products page. It's free products, free trainings, and the book's free as well. Or if you like it on Audible or Amazon, it's sitting on there. You can buy it. And, uh, yeah, that's a good starting point. And, and my name on socials, you know, I'm personally responding to people on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, it's, it's not a robot or a chat bot or a setter or a closer nice well that's awesome and it's james and then s c h r a m k o for anyone who's just listening yeah um but we'll link it all up in the show notes so uh you guys can check that out now james i do want to just ask you a couple questions when it comes to happy hustle hacks these are like a tip a tool a tactic in a variety of disciplines first being health i know you surf you know pretty much every day and you're you're out there getting after it and you know you look great for your age which um i didn't even know that was how old you are so it's impressive man but i'm wondering if you have a happy hustle hack when it comes to health something that you do that maybe is a little unique that you can share uh with the happy hustlers well i think you've touched on it i, I do surf every day <laughs> and so I'm, i do feel like i'm a young 52 <laughs> um I've, I lost a fair bit of weight in the last three months, actually, and that was by tracking and measuring stuff. So I've, I hooked in some biometrics. And if there's if there's one thing, if you forget all the supplements and orange nightshades and <laughs> all the uh, super booster brain, blah, 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 right? All great. But if you just get good sleep, that yeah. is king to everything. So true. My goal is to get a, a, a good sleep score. On my aura ring, I get the little crown. Uh, of most of the people I talk to, I have a higher sleep score than, than a lot of them. I'm in the 90s most often. Mm. And that is the secret to everything. If you can get good sleep, you have magical superpowers and it doesn't matter what herbs you're taking or 
you know, marketing bullshit you're falling for, just yeah. sleep. And, you know, sleep doesn't sell that well. It's not as sexy. I do yeah. know there's some people who make money from selling that industry, but it's seriously, it's, it's, it's the King Kong sleeping. Yeah. And then the next level is breathing, being a better breather. Most yeah. people over breathe. Yeah. And if you can, if you can get your breath under control, that certainly helped me with my surfing, but yeah. getting that good oxygen score and, and not over consuming, that's going to make a big difference too. Love it. Yeah. Sleep, such a priority in my life and I know yours and, and any high performers who really wants to crush it, you got to have that, that sleep and the energy and breathing and breath work. That's, those are great tips uh, there, man. Let's talk about money. You know, I think money is a frequency, a tool, right? It makes you more of who you truly are. I'm wondering if you have any happy hustle hacks when it comes to maybe saving or investing or spending wisely, um, you know, something in this money arena that we could deem a happy hustle hack. I think it's like your body's metabolic rate. It's it's uh, important to spend less than you earn. <laughs> if you can do that, you'll have a surplus. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it makes life easier. Yep. So a- again, that um, making good decisions for the long haul uh, will put you in a great position. Like I like, I like tangible investments. So I've collected a few properties, and um, I also have some money that's uh, with someone who lends money and commercial type things that are secured, and that's good. But I like to take money out of my business. This is counterintuitive. Every ball is saying, grow, 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 you know, reinvest everything, like make no profit, put it all back into the business and then have a big payday one day. I think Gary Vee talks about that. He doesn't make profit off $100 million revenue. He just reinvests it so he has a big payday. And, and good, luck, good luck to him. He, he'll probably end up buying that, uh, the team that he wants to buy, the Jets, so that <laughs> he can impress his mum because that, that's what it's all about, uh, according yeah. to some video I watched, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But back to the point, I would I take the money out of my business and I put it into investments and then the investments generate income. And so over time, uh, I could just turn the business off. It won't matter because the investments are where the wealth comes. So if you want to buy fancy cars or whatever, then pay them from the investment income, not straight out of the business. And yeah. and uh, probably all young people that I've coached, they they need to go through that phase and myself included. And then you sort of go past that phase. It's like the the three stages of watches, right? It's like mm-hmm. the, the Casio or the Seiko and then you get the Apple Watch and then yeah. then finally get the Rolex. And then in the, the last stage is you take it off and you stick it in the safe because it's going up in value but you just don't need to wear it anymore to feel significant. Yeah. You don't need to impress anyone else because you're at peace inside yourself. Yeah, that's so true. They're I mean- great investments, by the way. I think, you know, you, you, the one I bought for... Eleven or twelve thousand dollars is worth about sixty five thousand dollars now, and and the funny wow. thing is I don't wear it, but that's it's changed purpose now. It's just an investment. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not a um, like a peacock badge of uh, impressiveness to to make everyone think how clever I am. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sage words again, just like using your passive income or your residual income from your investments to buy the things that you want to live the lifestyle that you desire rather than your active income from your business. That's a, a really great point there, man. Um, let's talk about spirituality. There is one little hack too. 
Oh, go ahead, please. Just, just on that, um, I think this is important. Uh, and I've only learned this in the last, I don't know, five years. It's especially since I've become a surfer. It's really good to just have more gratitude for the things you already have. Yeah. So if, if you find yourself always wanting something else, like whatever you have, it will never, ever be enough. And yeah, you hear exactly. someone like me say that and you say, bullshit, I'm going to get it anyway. I'll definitely be happy when I have my Bentley or Ferrari or whatever. You won't. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a false chase. But the thing is, if you could just be happy with what you have, that is the ultimate hack. And I like yeah. references like Tail to Ching, et cetera. Like, yeah. I've learned to be more happy with what I want. You know, I've, I'm happy with my Toyota Land Cruiser. I don't need a, a baller. Um, flex car for socials. I just like a really practical car that never loses value that will take me on any beach I want to surf. I, I think for me, when you find that sweet spot, it's so relaxing. Dude, preach it, brother. I'm the same way with my truck. I'm like, I could tow a horse trailer, I could tow a camper, I can go fly fishing, you know, wherever I want. And it's like, it just is so uh, rewarding, you know, to, uh, to not be, um, Infected by it. with the more disease, I call it a disease because I really think it is one. Mm. You know, where it's just more money, more followers, more clients, more everything, and it just—it's never ending. So if you can like cure yourself from that more disease earlier rather than later, you'll live more fulfilled. So there you go. Let's talk about spirituality. You know, just maybe something here that helps you connect with the higher power. You know, I don't really care what one religion or another. I just think it's important to have faith in something bigger than yourself. Do you have something here that maybe comes up in terms of a happy hustle hack in, in terms of uh, spirituality? Um, you know, for me, it's, it's um, just immersing myself in the ocean. Mm. It's, uh, it's, I'll, I'll be sitting there and just watch a huge bird flying across, it, like just a couple of feet above the water, just gliding and I just think, wow, that is amazing. You know, it's like, <laughs> and, or I'll, I'll see, we have whales out the front right now, whales wow. jumping. Uh, I'll often see a pod of dolphins or a stingray uh, or little reef sharks Shark. or um, <laughs> sea snakes, um, you, it, fish just there, right underneath. I'll be going along a, a wave over a reef and see little schools of fish. I, for me, that daily immersion. I mean, most of our bodies water anyway. It yeah. seems to make sense to me to balance that. And I'm I walk to the beach barefoot. Hmm. Uh, my favorite surfing spot. It takes about half an hour to walk uh, through a forest, and then down a cliff, and it's all hmm. barefoot. And it feels so feels so right. You know, yeah. for me, I'm just in the in the in the middle of the forest, in board shorts, carrying my board barefoot uh, and disconnected from every piece of tech possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that just feels right for me. Uh, you know, there's something that and, – and when I'm out in the ocean, it doesn't give a shit about big pharma or politics or pandemics <laughs> so or interest rates. It doesn't care about any of that. That, that water yeah. and that rock and that piece of sand has been there for a very long time, right? So it true, doesn't man. care. No, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Just connecting with nature, man. It's one of the 10 alignments of being a happy hustler. So love that. James, this has been phenomenal, man. I do want to put you through the rapid fire round and then we'll wrap this interview up. So this is just, you know, a bunch of random questions and you answer honestly, first thing that comes to mind. So are you ready? 
Yep. All right. Favorite movie. Go. Honestly, I can't think of a single movie. That's, you said you were uh, ready. I'd say Mad Max. Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite favorite book. Mm. Getting everything you can out of it, all you got. Mm. Favorite food. I'd say it's going to be a, some kind of pasta. All right. Best business advice. Question everything. What's your spirit animal? Or oh, probably a bull. <laughs> Three things you're most grateful for. Uh, my children, uh, my health, uh, being born a white male in an English-speaking non-at-war country. Those are good ones. And if you had a billboard for the world to see with your last piece of content on it, what's that billboard read? Uh, everything will be okay. Love that. Man, James, you crushed that rapid fire round and... Brother, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom with myself and the Happy Hustlers. And just, you know, the truth, you know, the stuff that you preach about is in and keeping it real with with everyone. I mean, it's hard to find that that type of, you know, unapologetic self uh, out there in the interweb. And I know you're 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 doing that. I mean, Mike Hill you know, connected us and, and I'm so grateful he did. I'm looking forward to collabing with you in the future. And I'm just grateful to, oh, yeah, uh, you're, you're coming you. on my podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, let's you do know, it. You, you bring the same spirit that I had with uh, Ezra on um, I think at get podcast series. He's just that, the same real earthly spirit. I love it. Thank you, hey, man. Well, thank you, brother. Um, if we could just encapsulate our time together with just like a, a call to action per se, anything you want to leave the happy hustlers with and, and go ahead and also mention where can people find you again one more time. Uh, look, go and grab a copy of work less, make more. It's absolutely free at jamesramco.com. Enjoy. There you go. And then just to, if you had a, like a, um, to encapsulate your ethos into just like final points for the happy hustler, what would you say? I think for the happy hustler, I'd put an emphasis on the happy that there's a lot of people hustling and grinding, but you know, get to a position where you can do the thing you absolutely love every day. For me, it's surfing every day. For you, if it's bike riding, canoeing, uh, trekking, reading a book, whatever it is, build that into your day as a non-negotiable and then build your business around that to support it. Mm, crush that. Dang, James. That is all for today, folks. We appreciate you tuning in and we are sending lots of love and light. Thank you again. Mike Drop out. Peace and love, James. Real quick, y'all, I want to share with you something that is making a very positive impact on my physical health, as well as my mental health, but more so my physical health, because I really believe that you have to detox your body. You have to sweat those toxins out regularly in order to be optimized, in order to actually happy hustle your 
blissful balance in your dream reality. And one of the ways that I actually detox my body is from my therapist. Therasage infrared portable and affordable 360 plus sauna. This thing is my go-to. I love it because it's actually affordable and it is portable and it actually is made by a family owned company that stands behind their products. And the best part is you actually get the hookup for watching and listening to the happiest podcast. You can just go to therasage.com and you could just type in code happy and it will actually save you over 10% on everything store-wide, but specifically the sauna. And the good thing about the sauna is it actually burns calories. So you just sit on your bum, you can burn calories, you can decrease the inflammation in your body, which a lot of dis-ease stems from, and you can increase the blood flow circulation, which I'll just tell you there's a ton more benefits, but those three in and of itself are worth your while. So you guys check it out, Therasage, that's T-H-E-R-A-S-A-G-E.com, and then Use code HAPPY to save yourself some money. And they got a bunch of holistic healing products on their site, but I'm just referencing this Thera 360 Plus sauna. I have the black one, love it. And uh, the cool thing is also you actually, you know, you have hand holes where you can stick your hands in. So you could be working on your laptop or reading and your head protrudes so your brain doesn't swell. A lot of like other saunas that, you know, the dry saunas like at the gym potentially, um, if you have one in your gym, you know, it's like a hot rocks those actually swell your brain over time and have detrimental effects. And given my current brain injury from the CO poisoning, I'm really glad my head is actually protruding from the heat zone in this Therasage sauna. So that's another reason why I love it. You guys check it out again, therasage.com, and then use code HAPPY to save. Now let's get back to this episode. Real quick, I just want to share with you something that is near and dear to my heart. See, as a proud American, when I heard this stat, I was floored. 22 veterans actually take their own lives every single day, according to the Department of Veteran Affairs. And that's 22 too many. So the cause of veteran suicide prevention is one in which I am just all behind with all my might. And I think you should be as well. And that is why my friend, Mr. William Brandon, 26 year Navy SEAL veteran started the company Naked Warrior Recovery. And it was created with the clear initiative to develop premium products to support physical and mental recovery through innovation and excellence. And two of my favorite products from Naked Warrior Recovery is Navy SEAL CBD energy drink, this stuff helps with energy and focus. It has 75 milligrams of caffeine, kind of like a cup of coffee, but it has 12.5 milligrams of CBD. And we're not talking just any CBD. We're talking premium quality, USDA, organic grown CBD. See, they are actually third-party tested. They're veteran-owned and operated, and they come with a money-back guarantee plus free shipping. And this is my go-to pre-workout lately. I got to say, it really is delicious and nutritious, and it gets you going. As well as Naked Warrior Recovery's Cool Recovery Muscle and Joint Rub. And this stuff is really great after a hard workout or after a long hike. You can put it on you know, those sore spots, and it really helps your body recovery. So you guys actually get the hookup for watching and listening to Happy Hustle. You can go to NW Recovery and use code HAPPY to save yourself some moolah off of not just 
the Navy SEAL CBD energy drinks, not just the muscle and joint rub, but everything on their website. And you got to just love the mission behind NW Recovery. Actually, they donate a portion of their proceeds to fight veteran suicide and just increase the prevention of this terrible tragedy. So go to NakedWarriorRecovery.com, use code HAPPY, save yourself some money, get some great products and support an amazing cause today. All right, now let's get back to this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yeah.